This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 789, brought to you by... Mac Weldon. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy and a promo code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you who are part of the solution, not the problem, and wearing their goddamn masks.
Welcome back to Boy Football Week, episode 789. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hi. Yay. We are a fanboy, every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of us oh, oh, oh. Oh, picks the one they like the best, we call it the pick of the week. Some weeks it's harder than others. We'll talk about that book, other books, Patreon pick, maybe listener mail if we have time, we don't go long. We have fun, and we have spoiler-filled discussions sometimes, so here's your warning, there'll be spoilers. And Josh, before we get to your pick, mm-hmm. what was interesting about this week, I thought, is that, and you, you messaged me this in the middle of the week, I was like, oof, I'm having a hard time finding a pick. And I, I agree with you. It was one of those weeks where it was, was there, wasn't, there wasn't a lot of standout books. But there were a lot of books worth talking about this week. Yes, there were, there were many fact, moments, I, the way that I described it. There was moments. There are books that are not on our rundown because we have to keep it to a certain time that I would talk about. Like mm-hmm. We're not talking about Iron Man. I got a lot of things, thoughts about Iron Man. Um, X-Corp. Or is that on here? Yeah, it is. Uh, but like this, I'm just scrolling through my books. There's Rorschach. We're not talking about Rorschach. I have thoughts on Rorschach. Like, there's lots of there was lots of things worth discussing. So, you may have been it may have been a rough week for you pick wise, but I think there were things that were worth talking about. Yeah. Um, so that leads us to what actually was the pick, um, which was uh, Man Eaters: The Cursed Number One. This is uh, sort of the second uh, um, volume sequel. Yeah, of of the Man Eaters um, series, that was twelve issues that that we liked quite a bit um, from writer Chelsea Kane uh, and uh, art by Kate Ooh Nimchik, uh, and I, I guess is co created uh, by Leo Mitranik, who does all that design and supplemental art throughout the whole. It's just thing. just as important as anything else. Yes, certainly. Um, what was so. As I was trying to figure out, like, what am I going to make the pick of the week? There was a bunch of books, and we're going to talk about a bunch of them, that had bits in them that I thought, I really like that bit. But otherwise, I didn't really have all that much to say about it. You know, it was, it was like, you know, like, like a portion of it, but not really as a whole. So I really had to back up and sort of look at everything. And I decided that I cited on this book for, for a couple of reasons. One, I did, I really liked it. Uh, it and it was over, funny. and I did not. No, I, I mean, like as a whole, the series, and so yeah. I did not expect another one to be coming along. Oh, man eaters in general, yes. Yeah, and and so I was like, oh, that's a nice surprise, and and two, you know, it it like it is a super enjoyable book, and it, it really kind of changed. Like we moved on from the other thing. A lot of times, well, when was, a book comes back, was, yeah, yeah good, from a second good. volume you're continuing a story that didn't necessarily need to be con- continued. And what they've done here was, no, it's a new story. We know this girl, but other than that, we're doing a different thing now. Now it might be related to the other thing eventually, but I had no, I had no expectations of it. And, and I was pleased with what happened, but it, it was completely, I was completely in the dark about it. So it's just this, I just had this experience, you know, reading the book. And then on top of that, um, I, I don't like the issues that they did that were all, you know, mm-hmm. magazine design stuff. Yes. I want narrative. Okay. The, the, yeah. There was two issues in the last volume, the seventh and the, the last issue, the 12th issue was all yeah. uh, that design and, and sort of uh, culture stuff. But this one, you know, had bits of it in there and they're super smart and funny and impressive, you know, yeah. and they make yeah. part of a whole. And I think if we're talking about a whole package as in a single issue of a comic book that starts off, you know, a story and then a whole world that has been created by 
um, I'm going to lean heavily on, on Chelsea Kane as, as sort of the person because I, I know the script, is a wholly unique thing. There's, it's, it's like, it's feminist, absurdist satire. Yep. And it's awesome because it's, yeah. you, I mean, it's very funny. I it's love very satire funny. And, and absurdity and, and surrealism, but it's almost always coming from men. Mm-hmm. And this slight sh- shift, you know, it's just, it's kind of, uh, there's nothing like it. And, and I think as a whole package, they've built this thing that, that feels fresh. And God, in a world where we don't have a lot of fresh, um, it's really nice. Uh, you know, and just all of the, the whole thing about it. The, the art uh, from yeah. Kate Nimchik is, is exactly what it needs to be. Um, the production of it, the design of the, the different elements. Um, and there's just an underlying wackiness. Like there's, you know what? There's actually one really. So anyway, uh, the deal is this is this girl, uh, Maud, who we knew from the other story, which I understood, but I feel like I'm going to have a hard time explaining. Yeah. That's the things like I started reading this and I was like, I don't even remember how it ended. I mean, I loved it, but mm-hmm. I didn't really remember how it ended. The whole thing about teen girls who turned into werewolves, panthers, cat panthers, it's panthers, and, panthers. And, uh, that they ended up disrupting that. I don't. I don't remember the details. I remember really enjoying it. I don't remember the details. Of they had it. a so big girl-shaped zeppelin, and they right. solved the problem. That's really what. Like it wasn't. It was a, you know sexism and estrogen and blah blah blah. And this one opens with a totally different kind of story. It's almost like you're reading a novel series where in the first novel that's the, the case was the the case of the Panther Girls. And yeah. this is this this is a different story. This is the case of the of the monsters at camp or whatever it is. But it's almost like you have the same main characters but it's different uh crime or yeah. whatever it is to, to 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 work out. And that was I thought that was fun. And also, like I keep saying, this was a really funny issue. Yeah. It was really funny. And it, it was almost just like a straight up family drama until you get to the mystery at the end where the <laughs> the parents want to go on a romantic getaway so they send their daughter to camp. And uh, I, I mean, as, as a parent, that was hilarious. Like, we're going to absolutely send you to camp, but it was totally so they could go away on a vacation. And I, I hear you. Uh, that was good. I really I love. So they get there and there's a couple of things that sort of change on their uh, change around. You're very used to tropes in this the sort of thing. So the trope is always like the main character goes to the camp and they are ostracized by the other people. And it's an awful experience and they miss their parents or whatever. In this one. You no. think that's what's going to happen. It turns out she gets a badge right away for being the best camper and gets her own private bungalow. And well, she, she's been the best camper for like... Right. She used to go to this camp when she was younger, when she was a young teen, and now she's 15 and feels like she's too old for this camp. It's a crafter's camp. Yes. And uh, so she was going at age six, and she got, you know, best camper several times so she gets she's like a legacy and she gets to live she gets to live in the bungalow with the hot tub mm-hmm. and the waiter and while the rest <laughs> of the, the campers are you know freezing in their tents she's got a she's <laughs> she's being pampered and that was very funny um the the one other bit that i thought was particularly funny is that you know you meet a bunch of campers and they come in there and and there's one kid and he's wearing a football helmet and she just looks at him he goes i'm a boy because it's it's an it's a flip on the there's always the one girl sidekick with the group of boys you know and and he's just sort of out of place in the middle of it but um it turns out that well, in this world sleep. boys go to football camp and girls go to right. crafters camp right and since he didn't go to he didn't go to football he's still, he's going to camp he's wearing his helmet yeah how do you get there I'm not sure it's funny though um 
And so she sleeps in her lovely bungalow with a gigantic bed and steaming cup of tea. And in the morning, there's a knock, and it's the boy. Uh, and she says, you're not room service, which is funny. <laughs> and, and he points out to her that everybody else in the camp is gone. And so at the same time that this relatively light and fun cartooning is going on, you've got big, you know, anime eyes, you know, in the middle of all these are sort of some creepy images sort of interspersed in the middle of them, you know, like, like there's like, there's like a Ben Templesmith, pa- you know, panel in the middle of this other one that's going yeah. on and all the campers are gone. And there's like, it's like a camp horror mystery. Yes. It was For so, now, yeah. yeah, but it was so many things. And, and, uh, you know, I, I would say that I was also probably bouncing off really enjoying man eaters before, but then the supremely sublime, uh, spy Island that Chelsea yeah. Kane did with dark horse. And so I, it showed up and I was like, I'm ready for this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just, it's a, it's a, there's nothing like it. And it's really fun to read. And I'm not going to tell you there's like one thing, like it didn't stand out to me as like, Oh my God, that issue was amazing. But when I looked back at everything I read and I had to make a pick, I was like, this is the only sort of total package uh, yeah. that I think I could present today. Terrific cartooning, very funny, good character. You don't have to have read the first miniseries. No. There's one oblique reference to it in her in her camp uh, application. Has your camper ever transformed to a were panther? That's it. Um, will you be, will you be, be will you be vacationing while your child is at camp? Yes, destination Carmel by the Sea. And then later on, where are your parents going? Maui. Which is so, not, Carmel by the Sea is a lovely place, by the way. It is, but and, yeah, it, and it's hyphens in its names. <laughs> And also the um, the camp the counselor was funny too when she was sorting them and models like as a feminist freedom fighter I object to this arbitrary sorting methodology she was like, yeah I don't care mm-hmm. um, which is the only benefit to being an adult so uh, yeah no, I I when you saw it, when you picked it I was like yep I, I, it probably would have been my pick as well but yeah um, didn't didn't jump out right away but I have no qualms uh, so it was really fun to see it was back so that's great yeah. I just love that they're going in a different direction, at least. Yeah. Right now. Good, just good choices. They make good choices in, in that little team. Yeah. Thor 15, Donny Cates, Michelle Bandini is the artist with uh, Michelle Bandini and Elisabetta D'Amico. We're really just pillaging every Italian person that can make comics at Marvel these days. You want to draw a comic? I don't know how to draw too well. <laughs> Matt Wilson. <laughs> I can play the piano with my brothers. You know what? Uh, Give me the pencil. Let's try, huh? So uh, <laughs> this is the first issue after the um, after the Donald Blake storyline, which we liked, which we liked quite a bit. Um, I didn't like this issue. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't like it. Why? I'm just sick of Sad something Thor? wrong with the hammer stories. Yeah, I si- sick of sad Thor stories. Uh huh. Um, some of the characters had a little off dialogue. I noticed the that. Avengers, I thought. Um, but mostly, I'm just sick of Thor can't make his hammer do what he wants. You know, I just I think we've been doing that for five years. I like it as a story, but I did think like we had solved. I was like, didn't we solve this problem? Didn't Thor get his groove back? Yeah. Um, that said, I think. This is probably, a, I think, a, a, a more interesting interpretation of it is that, like, everybody can lift it up except for him. And um, I, I think that what I really liked in here the most, uh, I liked that, A, Thor was like, I got to go talk to Steve. 
And he goes down and there's a big fight and Steve's like, I'm busy. And he's like, eh. and he takes care of the problem. Then they just sit down for a while. And there was just one little bit. And this is almost like a flash thing. And, and he's telling Captain America, he's like, I, I don't, you, you remember that thing we did? Because I never do. And it's the idea that because he is Im- immortal and he's been alive for millennia, time just passes differently for him and he can't remember all the little bits and they talk, you know, it's not an unfamiliar concept in comic books, but, uh, I mean, it kind of is though, because it's, it's a Pandora's box. You don't Mm -hmm. want to open this box. That's the other thing. I I, I, I understand that. that. You, you don't want a character who doesn't remember from issue to issue. That's the problem. So I, 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 in that conversation, I was like, Oh, don't, it's like the don't explore PTSD. Don't, try to explain how Batman doesn't break his arms when he swings. Like once you start peeling back the reality layer, then this whole thing falls apart. And that was one of the, I'm I'm okay with it. If it stays here, like I don't want this to be like a thing and I'm guessing it will just be like a moment where like, well, that was kind of thoughtful on the part of the writer. Um, like I don't disagree with anything you said, but I didn't walk away from it, not liking it. But I, I don't, I think I don't like the same things you don't, if that makes a difference. How did you feel about the art? Uh, it didn't feel very Thor-like, and it's kind of a, a, a jump going from Nick Klein to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there are parts of it that were really nice. I think there were parts of it look, that looked odd, um, just because of the I style. I thought her Thor was nice, but I thought other characters looked a little like this should be a book, like a Runaways artist as opposed to he draws, a, a Thor. She. What's... Uh, I don't know if that was like the French Michelle. I guess there's an E on the end of it, right? So that's a lady. Okay. Uh, She draws a lot like a friend of mine who I did a project with. And to the point Mm -hmm. I was like, he can work like this. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's necessarily right for Thor. Is he Italian? No. He should just, he should adopt an Italian name. (laughs) He should. That's a really good idea. You should like, yeah, sure. I'm Argentinian. Whatever, Doug. Um, You know, but there's bits that are that are nice. You know, like there's an establishing shot of the Avengers Mountain where you got a big Kirby hand reaching out at you. There's the bit where he lands, you know, he lands in Avengers style uh, on the ground and it looks really nice. Uh, you know, the storytelling is, is pretty strong. But some of the stuff's just off model for what we're used to, I think. But I don't think it was bad. Um, no, I think it was bad. I just, I don't know, the style was an interesting choice. Also, my last thing is that she-Hulk talked like a normal person in this issue as opposed to the monster she I noticed know. that. That's a minor thing. It doesn't really matter. But Well, it was, when I saw that, I literally went, wait, is Donnie writing this? Because I thought, I was like, that guy would know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Yeah it, was, I just, yeah, it was weird. I didn't... So, like I said, I think there were moments in it that I like. I wouldn't have made this my pick of the week or anything. Um, I do think... I don't think it's unreasonable that after the shit that just happened, I guess. Okay. So after everything that happened, Donald, like that was pretty severe. That was like the most severe thing that he's gone through in a while. I thought, and coming out of, yes, however, the eternity or time that he spent in the made up place, he would be pretty messed up where I think it went askew is the, is the hammer thing. I think that I was like, of course he'd be upset from that. And then I was like, we're back to the hammer. Yeah, that was, yeah. My reaction. Yeah, no, and I think that makes sense. Um, it's just weird. Find something it, else to show that he's, you know, in a bad place. That rather than it's just like we've yeah. literally been doing this since that since uh, Secret Avengers, Savage, Secret Avengers, whatever that crossover was, where Jason Aaron introduced it, like so long ago. Mm-hmm. Well, since uh, Jane Foster, basically, 
before right. that. And that was a long time ago. It was. Well, there we are. Batman Urban Legends number five. I I guess I don't you know, not not really the solicitations, not knowing. I assume this is a six issue miniseries because uh, one of the multi-part stories wraps up and two of them have one issue left and one is a one-shot. So I just assume this is next issue is the last one. But right now, between this book, this book and Nightwing are the two best Batman books being produced right now. Nightwing's the best Batman book being produced. It's the, to me, the main Bat family book. And this is number two. It's just telling solid stories across the, the width of the, of the, of the city and by good creators. And it, it's not caught up in the, dumbass story going on over the regular Batman books is just telling sort of classic stories, even though there are, you know, continuity things that make sense. Um, so Chip, Chip Zdarsky's Jason Todd story wrapped up, uh, has one more issue to go. That's been the main story across this entire miniseries. And it was really, really good. It was a, the story is that uh, there's this character called Cheer who has taken uh, the scarecrow gas and modified it to make everybody sort of terrified happy. And then you die. You get really, really happy and you fork and then you and then you die. So that's the the villain is fighting. And there's there's constant flashbacks to Jason's time as Robin in the beginning and you know, missions he had to complete that relate to this one. It's just really just solid Chip Zdarsky superhero stuff with a fun villain and Batman's capture is gonna all come down to Jason Todd, just like in the flashback mission, he keeps thinking about. So it was, a, you know, um, what? it was a solid Riddler thing too. Yeah, it was. I feel like they skip over that a lot when they're because the people don't like to think of the riddles like they did in the old days, and it's sort of hard to fit in. But I was, you know, that was a solid Riddler story. I also like the fact that um, I really thought that the villain was going to end up being the woman, and I was, mm-hmm. I was like, that's dumb. I don't want that to be the case because it's so obvious, and it wasn't. So I, I was happy about that. Or at least so yeah. far it isn't. It's her husband, but whatever. And then there's a Batgirls story. Though right now there, I don't know why there isn't a Batgirls book, but it's uh, uh, Cassandra and Stephanie are both sort of the Batgirls out in the field, and Barbara's running them as a team. So they're kind of she's kind of like their birds of prey. Am I correct that the art is by Sweeney Boo? Yes, Sweeney Boo. Is that a name you have heard before? No. Okay. That I liked it. That's probably a pen name. <laughs> Probably, I like I like the art a lot, cartoony, sort of in the um, David La, David Lafonte style. Nice, and uh, that was just a fun little one shot that can continue on if they want to in other places or not. But I really think there should be a Batgirls book. Maybe they're planning one, but um, they're a fun team. Even though Cassandra talks too much, and they have her talk sort of like a child that's never you know making you know malapropisms and things like that. Just I'd rather her be silent, like she was. I, I like that. Yeah, I think that was yeah. fun. Then Tim Drake's story, part two of three, which is uh, by Megan Fitzmartin and Balan Ortega, and this is the one where Tim is investigating the disappearance of a character from his his old series, his original series. And um, I don't know when Tim and Stephanie broke up, but that's apparently a plot point here. And then. Superboy Connor Kent, the other Superboy running around, I forgot is around, calls in. It felt very much like a classic old continuity Tim story where he's the primary Robin and he's out to solve a case. And uh, there's a little bit of uh, brooding here where he says, if I'm not Robin, what am I? You know, because fucking Damien is around. So uh, I thought it was really good. There was a really nice bit of art where he's on the roof talking to, or thinking to himself in their costume and then it fades off 
slowly and you realize it's just been him up there in regular clothes but he sees himself as robin i thought that was really nice and then the finale to the grifter story grifter in the long con by matthew rosenberg and ryan benjamin and uh it by the end of it all all the wildcats are in the story and that is dumb we've talked about that before Mm -hmm. however you know matthew rosenberg runs a writes a fun and um you know, fast-moving action story, and so that it was fun to read. I was just dumb to have all these wildcats be in the DC universe, but they are there. What are you going to do? Yeah, uh, I liked it though. Yeah, it was, it was very twisty and turny that story. Yeah, I really, I'm, I've got it. I'm, I'm going to read it. I just, it's there. I've got them piled yeah. up. The, uh, there's a new book uh, by uh, by my pal Aubrey Sitterson. Uh, drawn by Jed Doherty out from Dark Horse called Savage Savage Hearts Number One, um, and I didn't know what it was going to be. I know Aubrey's style is to be very over the top and silly. Savage Hearts. We open and we're in this strange jungle, you know, mystery land, and there's a gigantic, beefed up lady barbarian, you know, and mm-hmm. some sort of wood nymph thing up in the trees uh, sees her, and he is quite smitten. <laughs> so uh he goes down to be there 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 he has to be their guide and he's kind of flirting with the whole time poorly and she's not having any of it and then there's these two other characters following around anyway it's a pretty basic fantasy story uh template but i found it very enjoyable uh in terms of its um, just its attitude, like it was like, we're going to be silly and over the top, which is, which is again, it's a thing that the writer is, is definitely, that's his thing. He wants to make comic books fun. He doesn't want to make them be, you know, too serious and over the top and let them be ridiculous. And I think that he just nailed that part of the formula really well. And the art went really well with it. It's slightly, you know, like sort of, uh, you know, exploitative, uh, sort of, you know, seventies, uh, fantasy mm-hmm. comic influenced. It's, it's, it's very silly. There's 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 sexuality about it, but there's also um, it's just very arch. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I I'm have I'm gonna have a hard time telling you. I don't like everything that that Aubrey does. I've I've tried. You know, like him and I have our yep. different tastes. Um, but as I went through it, I was like, oh, this is like an old silly Conan comic. And you know, right. there's a giant dinosaur, but it's purple, and they fight, and you're in this mysterious danger. They don't they drop you right into a story. There, there's stuff going on. There are people, uh, you know, there's, there's stories that have been going on that are not really explained. It's just that so-and-so hates this person. They're going to get them and they're going to get them back and blah, blah, blah. And you just start walking with them, you know, on this quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really fun. It was like, it was like being in the, like at the beginning of a, of a really weird, fun D and D campaign, I think. Uh, and it totally worked for me. And the, the colors, uh, specifically, uh, by Laverne, uh, oh, here we go. Laverne Kinzierski. Kinzierski, I'm going with. Uh, who is it who I've seen? He was on another book yes. I read this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Dark Horse Colorist there. It all just pops. You know, it's got that pop art. Uh, you know, lots of pinks and greens and blues. Uh, you know, not, not in a garish way, but just, you know, it just fit the thing. And again, you know, as we're talking about, I don't, I don't know if this is good old superheroes, but this is like good old barbarian. You right. Know? And and uh, it was it was a, it was a fun thing this week I thought uh, and and I would recommend if those things sound good you check it out. This week, DC proved that Marvel's not the only company with bad ideas with the Flash 2021 <laughs> annual number one, and and this is the finale to the Flash story that's been running for through the for the last six issues with Wally bouncing around time. So much like 
how Marvel ended the most recent Amazing Spider-Man arc in an annual, or was it a special issue? A special issue. So here does the Flash. I just, I just don't know why. I don't know why. Did you like it? Yeah, I mean, it was just the the, fin- the next the final issue of this run, which I've been enjoying. But sure. just like, I I p- picked this up as a matter of course. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. Having no idea it was the final issue of this arc I've been reading. Right. And I almost skipped it. So that uh, would have sucked. I mean, you we've got Spider-Man on here later, but I completely lost the thread of where Spider was. And I just, yeah, now, I, I just now stopped. There several, now there are several books going on but um, i don't know which war is which we'll get to that we'll get to that in a second um so this issue as we talked before uh in the beginning of this arc wally was going to quit being a flash quit flashing and just spend time with this newly returned family who came back from the multiverse you know and so uh he's been bounced around like sam beckett and quantum leap through different periods of time landing in the sides of the body as of different flashes so he was in jay garrick and he was an impulse and you know, just sort of a reverse flash at one point. And so the last issue ended and he landed in his own body at the heroes in crisis moment in which all the people are being killed by his lightning. And what we get here is basically a retcon of heroes in crisis. So that Wally was not responsible for all these people's deaths. It was the, um, it was, uh, what's his name? A Savitar, one of the Flash old Wally villains who mm-hmm. was inside the Speed Force and caused it to explode, killing everybody at Heroes in Crisis. So it wasn't Wally. He's not a murderer. And it's a classic comic book retcon, which is fine because Heroes in Crisis need to be retconned or just ignored. And so the, tr- the, the problem here is they have to let time play out. So they've sort of paused time with this time bubble and they they can't stop everybody from dying, but but they can stop Savitar. And the problem is that Roy is there and Ollie is on the team in the fu- in the future that's trying to save Wally. And so Ollie's like, hey, you got to save my boy too. And they're like, sorry, we can't. And so there's a lot of arguing over, you know, letting time play out and destinies and, you know, Green Arrow not having any of it. Um, and uh, they don't, they actually don't save him. But we know he's been, he's already been re- resurrected with the black light, the black ring, the black, uh, lantern ring so he's back anyway but, but ollie doesn't know it yet but anyway this was just a it was a solid end of the story at, at the end of it wally is the flash he's wearing his old original costume from the pre-continuity um with the you know no lines anywhere mm-hmm. and i think they're going to send barry off into the multiverse in the infinite frontier book and wally is back as the flash i'm okay with that so, so in as long as he keeps his costume i'm okay with it <laughs> if he doesn't then what's the point so I liked it, if you, but if you've been reading Flash and didn't pick this issue up, then you need to come back and get it, because that's where the story ended. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, let's take a quick break here and kick off our summer in style with the brand that's reinventing men's basics. That's Mack Weldon. And listen, we talk a lot about Mack Weldon underwear in these spots. Sure. I mean, that's what we're much. supposed to Some do. Some might say too much. Sure. But Mack Weldon is so much more than just underwear. Their full collection includes T-shirts, polos, button-ups, shorts, pants, swims, and so much more. With light and breathable fabric technology, Mack Weldon keeps you cool and comfortable all summer. From work to working out, happy hour to playing with your kids, Mack Weldon has men's essentials for everyday use and whatever your day includes. For instance, Josh, I've been swimming, swimming almost every day for exercise. Yes. And I have my awesome, and I believe you have the same pair. I do. 
I do. Green palm frond Mack Weldon swimsuit. Mine are blue, but yes. Oh, right. They, you bought the blue one. I bought the green one. That's the same pattern. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great swimsuit. It's, 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 it's delightful. It's, uh, it's the best I've had in probably my adult life. Yeah. And so, you know, I use it almost every day as I'm swimming. And also, I don't know the last time I wore pants. It's been very hot. I don't know if you've noticed. The world is ending. And so the radius short that I bought last year has been in heavy rotation because it's comfortable but looks looks good as well. You know, you can you can you can throw on a shirt and go out to the store in it, and it looks like you're wearing a nice pair of short, but it's also very very uh, sort of I don't say bendy, but not bendy, stretchy, stretchy, flexible. So that's nice. All fabric is bendy, but not stretchable. Vesper polos for going outside. We're looking nice. The Maverick Tacchino short. Again, sort of a versatile short you can wear out and do lots of activities in. This is a great time to take advantage of Mack Weldon's breathable fabrics, which Josh loves. I, I pulled out my radius pant the other day, which, mm-hmm. which uh, I'm going to be honest with you, hadn't fit for some time. And uh, <laughs> I, it, was, it was raining a little bit. And uh, they were, it's actually, when I say raining a little bit, it's been raining for about six months. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, yeah, these, these are great. I haven't used these in a while. I was very happy about it. Yeah, they're nice. So dive into Mack Weldon's swim line with trunk and board short options that are quick to dry and have four-way stretch fabric. They're very comfortable. And they do dry very quickly. That's very true. That's true. It's good for you. When you're that. out in the pool, Mack Weldon's new Maverick Tech Chino short and Radius short are the perfect additions to your summer wardrobe. They'll keep you comfortable so you can confidently power through your most active days. They're great for like hiking, going on long walks, you know, avoiding fire. Mac Weldon also has a free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level 2 by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Stay cool this summer and look great doing it with all new collections of men's essentials from Mac Weldon. So here you go, guys. 20% off your first order. Visit MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Enter promo code iFanboy. And that's MacWeldon.com slash iFanboy. Promo code iFanboy for 20% off your first order. Mac Weldon. Reinventing men's basics for the summertime. Over uh, and Marvel again, Spider-Woman 13 uh, by Carla Pacheco and art by Per Perez. Um, we have the aftermath of that whole first arc, basically, the 12 oh, issues. Um, I hated that. Arc. <laughs> I, I dropped off in the, I, after about four or five issues. I dropped off and I came back. I think, I think last issue was like a transition issue because that was when yeah. she broke up with her. Um, I, read, I came back for the last issue and I read this one as well, but I was so... Happy that arc's over, and then it came back around. No, I mean I think that's that's the underpinning of the whole thing. But you know, either I didn't hate that arc. I, I think there was I know. problems I know. with the structure of it, but I really enjoy the writing uh, in this book. I think the characterization of the of uh, Jessica is spot on and really fun. This one was just all actually. It actually wasn't all that different from that nonstop Spider Man. I was going to say it's nonstop Spider Man, basically Spider Man. Yeah, but it's fun. Uh, there was. Like it starts off and there's like the very first page is she's whacking a supervillain with the the stroller, and uh, I don't know if uh, Carla Pacheco is a parent or not, but there's some things in here that I thought were pretty well done. Like, do you know how expensive strollers are now? And I was like, they are. And I thought that ten years ago. So who knows what they are now? Um, and then what is a very fun action scene, sort of through the streets of New York and down into the subway. And there's some really beautiful pages uh, in the subway fight. Uh, that really play with the format and and there's a ton of motion to everything and and you know there's this big bruiser uh luchador kind of dude and and people are flying everywhere and you know it's a, it's a daisy chain of 
basically assassins and mercenaries who are after this is it a disc or was yeah it, it's it? it's the high evolutionaries something or other but it's on like a 3.5 inch floppy disc right so she, the first one she defeats but then the another one comes along grabs the, the disc and runs yeah it's, it's like that basically yeah she runs it's a running fight between all these it's almost like a fight relay race and uh it includes lady bullseye and other people but monster uh, truck there um, was one bit where does she have super hearing i don't know i don't think so they're on the wing of a plane passenger plane and the, oh. and the pilot's like attention newer control tower you know we got to return to we got to return because there's a, there's a fight in the wing and she's like not me i'm not spider-man like how did she hear that pilot she didn't hear that uh more importantly i was under the impression at least in the past she was able to fly at least glide with those with the wings and she does glide in this but she's definitely not able to fly so <clears throat> I don't know if she could straight up fly. I know she could glide. I don't know. Right. I, I, I she mean, could, that, she could have been. I don't know. That Everybody makes sense. But she doesn't have the guy. webs. She does, right. you know, whichever. Either way, very fun, unable to get your footing, slow down, high, you know, adrenaline sort of, you know, let the artist just go nuts. And uh, yep. I thought I thought that I think it's a she uh, was totally up to the task of that. And it was it was Ooh, really fair fun. Perez. Yeah. No, I think fair Perez has been around for a while. I don't know. Uh, Norse Mythology 2, number 2, Neil Gaiman, P. Craig Russell, Galen Shulman. Um, the, the conclusion to the story we talked about last time with the uh, mead. The, what's it, what mead is it? Uh, the, the poetry, uh, mead of poetry. Mead of poetry. And this was delightful. It was peak Norse mythology. I was like, this is yeah. exactly what I wanted out of this book. It had everything. It had Odin uh, changing into lots of uh, different beasts and his trickery and seducing giant women in a very silly way. It oh, had yeah. they 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 were going at it two times. Uh, he succeeded. You know, he makes somebody angry. There's two brothers who are who hate each other and are fighting, but they're also giants. Uh, there was <laughs> there was drinking they called all the... it a, they called it a fart, but a bird shit. Yeah. And that was why Neil Gaiman is bad at poetry. That was the end of the story. <laughs> there was the curse of Odin is after he drinks all of the mead, there's there's some upset tumminess in his bird form and it comes out uh in a splat they say it's spl- splattery wet fart, but that's diarrhea. Um well, then, he, then he vomits all the mead into the yeah. vat back home so they can get to drink the the mead of poetry back in Asgard. It's so, everything like, Norse mythology should be. Yeah. It's it's really fun. Yeah, I thought about this. And we're, we're not saying Neil Gaiman's bad at poetry. There's a whole bit about how yes. the bird fart relates to people who are bad at poetry, and they're constantly drawing Neil Gaiman in the book as people who are bad at things. And, and Neil Gaiman, these are his stories that he put together uh, as interpreted by P. Greg Russell. So he's in on. He the doesn't. Show. He yeah. He's not really bad at anything, as far as I can tell. I mean, if he was, we wouldn't even know it because if he was bad at something, everybody would be like it's still great. You wouldn't. Like, or he would just talk about it, and in his voice, yes. we'd go, "Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sounds good to me." He's so Ex- beloved. He's at the point where even if he did something bad, we wouldn't know. X Corp number three, Teeny Howard, Valentine Delandro, and so first of all, great cover by David Aja. It was very Mad Men esque. Um, this issue is all about Jamie Madrox, who is running the the science lab at X Corp, and it's all about how he uses his dupes. And how he's got this really efficient system where he creates dupes on a Monday. They work on experiments all week. And then they, he reabsorbs them on Friday. So he has all the knowledge. Um, just, you know, they have charts and graphs to show his, his thing because they're, they're, they're built as a corporation called X Corp. 
And uh, the tragedy, first of all, um, really terrific art from Valentine Delandro. Really, really great. Um, a little bit of Jean-Paul Leon in there, in the faces. And the tragedy of this issue is that Jamie was so busy at the lab, he couldn't go home to watch his son take his first step, his son with Layla Miller. And so he sends a dupe to do it, and he figures he'll just reabsorb the dupe at the end of the week uh, because he absorbs their memories and their knowledge. So he'll just, he'll, he'll, it'll be like he was there. Only there's a crisis at X Corp, and... Uh, in order to stop this thing from ha- this really bad thing from happening, a, a dupe had to run into this room and flip a switch, kind of like Star Trek Three with the um, the engine room. And of course, the dupe that does that is going to get incinerated. And of course, the dupe that goes in there is the one that had gone back home to see the kid walk. So he missed that that moment and that memory. And that is the that is the monkey's paw of Jimmy Madrox. And I thought it was a really good issue. I was Sounds thinking about good. dropping the book, and I really like this issue, so it's, it bought itself another week. What's another the, month. I don't even know what that is. So the X Corp is the X. So you know they have all these all these products that people want. You know they mm-hmm. have the uh, medicines and everything, and so they have the the uh, Emma Frost Corporation for that. But this is sort of their science division that they're they're inventing things for the world. Right, and it's run it's run by uh, Angel and Monet, and uh, Jamie is the head of uh, you know development science and stuff so right because he so was there's been a lot of actually like board meetings and, and like because he was stuff. a private detective in the last version so sure right well he's always been he's always been a scientist he just yeah. went to private detectives for a while <laughs> anyway spider-man wait is it spider-man sinister war number one nick spencer mark bagley and so we have the regular spider-man story going on that occasionally delves into special issues we have Sinister War, which is being which was being teased at the end of every Spider-Man issue for a while, and now it's here. And we have a cast of thousands in this book. I didn't read it, so. Oh, you didn't read it? All no, right. I dropped off like at some point, and then I tried to get back on, and they started another thing that I was like, "This none of this is what I liked about the beginning of this run." And I and I I've dropped it several times because every week I forget that I hadn't read the one from before it. And so I had said like, well, I'll stick with the main book and I'll check it out. But I also know that they're moving away from all of the people and parts of it that I liked. So am I it's missing hard something? Because you've got to read a lot of books to keep up with Spider Man. And this book takes the Mary Jane miniseries, which was really fun last year or whatever it was where she went off to make a movie and turned out Mysterio was the director. And it was a movie about Mysterio. And then also all the villains showed up because they were jealous. So it takes all that fallout. You know because what? Because here the movie's premiering. I read that part. I got up to the point where the kindred showed up or whatever that right. is. And I went, nah, I thought so, we were done with this. <laughs> right. So here we're at the premiere of the film and Peter doesn't know Mysterio is the director. So Mary Jane's trying to figure that out. She's stressed about that. And then of course the, um, Savage Six show up, which led by the Vulture, including Rhino and Scorpion and Tarantula, and they're going to disrupt the premiere. But then the uh, Sinister Six show up, which is almost most of the classics, the classic team, Doc Ock and Electro, looking awesome, Obviously. and Sandman and and uh, Craven, and then another and the Lizard, and then another team shows up. Who was that one? I don't know what their name was, but. Oh, there's 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 probably going to be six teams of six Spider-Man villains all in a big war, and also Kindred's there, and also 
the throw up on top of the pot. Uh, we're heading back towards dismantling one more day where this is all revolving around the events of one more day and Mephisto and Dr. Strange have a whole situation here where he tells Mephisto, he's got to put it back. He's got to put it right again. I don't remember so, what that was. Was that why you know, they were married? That's where they dissolved the marriage. Right. Okay. Yeah. Save marriage to save uh, Aunt May. They gave up. They, they basically gave the marriage to Mephisto. Hmm. So, um, a lot of things here. Kindred's still here. One more day is in here. There's a hundred million characters fighting Spider-Man. It's a lot going on. There's a lot happening. Yeah. And then you still have Kindred over in the main book. Still. And I've got to imagine it's going to go through the entirety of Nick Spencer's run because it's about to end. So we're not done with Kindred, I think, until the reboot with the new, with the new creative team. Yeah. I, I don't want that. <laughs> it's... It's not good. That part's it's just not it's not good. I'm it's not interesting and it won't go away. It's my version of the Thor Hammer thing. Right. I was like, I don't that's enough to make me not want to read the book. Yeah. Oh for sure. I get you. And and not even like I, I went with it for a while. I whatever, like forty issues of it, you know, and it kept getting more uninteresting as we went on. As soon as as soon as Boomerang left the book, I was like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. That's probably yeah, not it. It's unfortunate. Uh, real quick, let's go through uh, the beggy part. No. <laughs> um, we want to thank everybody who helps support the show. There's a lot of ways to do that. Um, you probably know about patreon.com slash ifanboy. Not completely because we don't talk about it every week, but also because a lot of you are contributing to that, and we like that. Over the past, uh, that has been the thing that's unlocked the patron pick, which has become part of the show, the patron powers, which is a big part of the show, uh, the Talksplode interview shows, the book explodes, the media explodes, and all the YouTube content. You know, those are all real things that happen because, uh, you know, we said, hey, if you can do this, then we can do this. And it's a nice quid pro quo, and I think it's working out. The next uh, stretch goal is in flux. I believe, <laughs> I believe the next stretch goal is in flux, um, which is fine. Uh, after that, you know, the, the, the long-term stretch goal is returning of the barbecue and email video shows that we used to do on the iFanboy show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just an excuse. What? I have to eat barbecue. Uh-huh. It's in the contract. I, 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 I think there's a way to do it even remotely. That would be interesting. I haven't figured it out. Uh, if suddenly it was funded tomorrow, we'd have to do it remotely. Yeah. So, uh, Patrons also can enjoy uh, the patron Facebook group and the patron Discord server, which are both fun communities in the best sense of the folks uh, from our uh, our universe have always had great communities. And so it's fun to see those come back. Thank you to everybody who does that. Uh, it really does make a big difference, and we appreciate it. Uh, totally optional. Uh, you can go over to ifanboy.threadless.com. There are eight T-shirt designs, um, and uh, we like all of those. Some people like some of them more than others. But there's not a one there that I don't think is fantastic. Um, we are absolutely we're actively uh, putting up. At, we're thinking of a couple of uh, that are in production. A couple more that we're going to add to the flock. Uh, we're going to add what we can. But they're 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 on the move. We're not mm-hmm. even talking about them in the abstract now. Nope. Um, you can also you know and they don't have to be t-shirts. They can be sweatshirts and or uh, other kinds of shirts, sleeveless shirts, uh, shirts for babies, shirts for women, shirts for any sort of person uh, that you want, and then also other things you can put those things on other things i know it's a crazy world uh you can go to fanboy.com slash support uh where there's a direct donation paypal link if that's what you want to do some people still use that 
I want to deal with all those other things. That's fine. We appreciate when you do. That's that's the uh, virtual tip jar to say we like what you do. Want to help support you? Uh, and ifanboy.com slash Amazon, which guess what you can do there? It's right. You can buy things from Amazon, and they have an affiliate program, and it's awesome for us. Um, and then that's it. Those are all the things. Thank you, everybody who does it. Let's move along. I don't want to keep talking about it. But from that, of course, we said there is the patron pick. And, mm-hmm. and explain the patron pick to the people, Connor. Sure. Uh, any patron at patreon.com slash fanboy can vote to add a book to the rundown. They get about 24 hours to do so. And this week, uh, in a blowout, unlike many we've seen in a while, it was a huge win for this book. Ninjack, number one from Valiant entertainment from jeff parker javier Polito, and dave sharp this is a ninjack was one was an old school uh it came out in 93 um valiant book originally and this character has been reinterpreted ninjack was originally co-created by joe casada and uh so this is whatever i guess a new version of ninjack that i guess ninjack was he's been around re- redeveloped yes but redeveloped in the modern Valiant by Matt Kint in another book, and now finally with, with his own series, I guess. These are all things I'm assuming. Don't really read a lot of Valiant. So, this is a story of a super spy in MI6 who is uh, Ninja K. There was Ninja A, B, C through K, and this is Ninja K, but his nickname is Ninjack. So, you can call him Ninjack, you can call him Ninja K, do whatever you want. Or you can call him Colin if you're friends with him. Hello, Colin. And uh, so, here we have a situation that's sort of tied into true events in which some group of data terrorists steal all the identities of the of the undercover MI6 agents, while also a group of um, they're not Saudis, but uh, go to kill a journalist and dismember his body, and then Jack stops that. Then he gets involved in the whole data drop where all the MI6 agents are getting killed, much like in that James Bond movie or Mission Impossible movie, where the knocklist got out. Um. <laughs> This was fine. I was excited to read it because I love Jeff Parker and Javier Polito, and I loved the art. But this was okay. I mean, yeah, that's that's exactly what I came up. And and you actually retained it a lot better than I did because at the end of it, I was like, I'm not really sure what happened. I read it last. I really wanted to like it. I was very excited yeah. about. I was like, oh, this is a property that I was not interested in. Um, but there's two people doing it who I am very interested in, and maybe they can turn it around into something. And I think it was um, probably doing justice to the property that I'm not that interested in, if that makes sense. I mean, sense. yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like, what longtime Jack fans think about this. But um, Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of a weird... It wasn't con- bad. No, no, no. Totally not. I just didn't... It just... There was nothing particularly... Nothing really stood out for me about it. Like, there was a lot of interesting elements or whatever, but I, I mean, ultimately, I just kind of don't care. And... It's funny because I, I've heard of Ninjack or, you know, I've seen the word over sure, the years yeah. and I didn't really know what it was. And so I started reading it and I was like, so it's a British guy who's a ninja? Yeah. And I thought, I was like, I don't know that that age is Josh, particularly MI6 well. Josh, considered a ninja program. That makes sense. You know, in, 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 our, in our world now, it's, it, that's a rough one. Um, but also I, th- I was just like, that's not, that's not doing anything for me for whatever. But I like, I get it. Like at the time... Ninjas were the most awesome thing, and yeah, British spies are fun. And I, you know, I can see, yeah, it, it's it's silly and fun. Although this isn't, it looks like it's silly, but it wasn't really played silly. 
No, no. It was no, played pretty and, and maybe that's what I was expecting. A little like like have it be a little more lighthearted. But Jeff Parker's really good at sort of straight up spy stories. So you know, I think that I think that he's got a little bit of that Garth Ennis thing where mm-hmm. they're like, you know, like they give like Garth Ennis, would you like a war book? And he's like, Yes, you know, and and you know, Jeff Parker would like anywhere well, to do look, a Jeff spy Parker's story. Jeff Parker's not getting Marvel work, you know? Oh, there's nothing that's that's not that's not the, and that's that's stupid by the way cuz he's yeah. a great writer and is really fun on superheroes and he could bring a lot more gosh to things and i think that we Yeah yeah no off. like i just he was he was regular getting regular work mm-hmm. what was it 10 to 5 to 10 years ago like in that whole gap that yeah. whole period and uh he hasn't which is unfortunate cuz he's a great writer he's it's great. always delightful when his name shows up on one of those books and and so he's he's kicking around making a living you know he's doing these books he was doing um doing dynamite what books yeah, yeah. uh you know but he's got to work within the parameters of the and you know a lot of people whose work i like a lot have come and done valiant work that i have not been interested in and i don't yeah. know why that is and and now you, i'm starting you to feel valiant you missed the whole yes, thing originally. Yes, you were out of comics at the time in 93, 94. 95, so I have 96. no like like connection to it. I never read them in the first place, so I have no connection to it. Yeah, um, and I don't we've, think that, I've, we've read a couple of these new ones, and they've been fine. Yeah, but they just don't connect to me. I don't, and I don't know why, because it would seem that they have two choices, or they could ride a line. Is that they can either try to. You know, a lot of people read these back then. I mean, they sold a lot of comics. They sold more Valiant comics then than Marvel does of anything now. So it's not yeah, like there's... I mean, it, was, it was different. Like, the, the, I was reading uh, reading on Ninjak, and Ninjak number one was the top-selling book of the month that came out, but that was because it had a wraparound Chromium cover in 1993. Sure. But and a lot of people know this stuff, so there is some sort of a fan base there. So they can decide, well, do we want to talk to those people? Or do we want to try to get new people in? Now, it's much more likely that they're, going, that they're going to sell more books by trying to talk to the people who like the things. Or they can try to do a little of both. I feel like whenever I've read them, I'm a little lost into yeah. what everything is supposed to be about. Um, well, it's interesting because they're not doing what they did in the 90s. They're reinventing them in a modern way. It's like, right. Like, I, you know, Javier Polito's never, ever drawing a valiant book in 1993. No. But... So I want. I just wonder how old school Valiant fans now. They're all older, so mm-hmm. they might. They probably like it. They're not teenagers anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Polito, you know, really great retro. I don't want to say flat because a lot of his panels are sort of straight on angles. But yeah, I really liked. You know, I always like Javier Polito, and I like the style. And I was, I was happy to, to read more books. And there's a couple of really great sequences in here. And I liked the the knockless sequence where we watched all the. That you know the heroes get get killed in silly ways. Harpoon, you know, <laughs> skier comes up. It's very James Bondy. Yeah, you know, and uh, Godfather but one. The, but the um the scene with the the reporter maybe because it was based on like a real thing was 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 harrowing. Yes, you know, so um, you know, it is what it is. I I, I didn't connect to it, but I did. I didn't hate reading it. I liked it. I agree with that. So, ratings. Ratings. On Ninjak number one out of five, 3.25. Yes. <laughs> Same. Sticking with it. <laughs> Probably not, no. Well, maybe. I, I, I'm rooting for Parker, so maybe. Did you see that John Davis Hunt is drawing Shadow Man? 
know, but I don't remember who that is. He's the guy that drew the uh, the Wildstorm book you really liked. Okay. Oh, 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 right, right, right. The the Warren Ellis one? The Wildstorm? Yeah. Wildstorm, yeah. Nice. That was a great book. I think there's a lot of artists who you're like, what happened to that person? I think they're over at Valiant. I mean, there's so many. Okay, <laughs> It's hard to keep track uh, at okay. this point. Patreon.com slash iFanboys. You can go to add a book to the rundown. Every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown. But if you give it the $5 higher level, you get your superpower live on the show. Like these fine patrons. Daniel, the one named Daniel. Daniel, this is tied to last week's show. Daniel can turn any bit of sand into quicksand. (gasps) Yeah. Daniel's our 80s worst nightmare. Isn't that just what the Sandman does? Well, the Sandman controls sand. You do he, other he things. He can turn it into quicksand. Right. He can't make like nice sculptures out of it. Or Matt, fly. Let me ask you this. Yeah. And I'm not being facetious. What mm-hmm. is quicksand? It's, I think it's when the water gets too close to the surface. Does it create a know, void like, that you fall into? Because it was always depicted as muddy, but I feel like that's you not what it is. look too deeply in a quicksand. It'll only haunt your nightmares. It's fair. That's fair. I don't know what it is or how it works. I don't really want to. It's probably best. Exactly. Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams can make any experience 10% better. He want you want like you go to the movies. Interesting. It's 10% better. The food that you're eating 10% better. It's a, it's an area of effect power. Mhm. You know, it's not remarkably better, but you do Just start to notice a, a pattern. Better. Yeah. You know, that's pretty good. Like, he couldn't be near us when we were reading our comics. Or he'd have to be there the whole time so it was right. a curve. Right, right. Otherwise, you're like halfway through, you're like, what happened to these comics? They're so little worse. <laughs> or you'd be like, I don't know what it was about that book, but it was great. I can't point it out. I can't tell what it is. 10% better, Ryan Williams. Stephen Hereford um, can... Blow up an object without actually blowing it up. So, what I mean is, he could look at a car, and the car will be a smoldering wreck, but the the explosion doesn't happen. It just becomes the aftermath of an explosion. Mm-hmm. So he can destroy things without the the concussive blast. You know, the fire. It's already. It's like the things already been. We just skipped a step. Mm-hmm. So it's post explosion. Nice. The slow, motion, motion, the slow motion walk away. Yeah. He walks slowly a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a cool effect. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's overcranked. <laughs> Christopher Nichols can resurrect any animal's victim of roadkill. So mm-hmm. he can, he can not res. you know, he's just basically removing the effect of whatever it was that got them. Right. If you run across the, there's a squished, you know, like, no, no, you have not been hit. You're back up. Works with like birds and windmills or birds and long? glass buildings. No, it's just, it's as if the accident that killed them never happened and they just go about. No, no, what I mean is how, how long since oh. the death of the animal can he resurrect them? As long as it remains in the place where they fell. Oh, so it could be years. Well, sure. I mean, there's stains out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that. Is it, is it a Wolverine thing? Like one. One cell of blood it can resurrect the animal from? Yes. Or it has to be a carcass? No, I, th- I, th- I think any biological material that is remaining. Wow. DNA? Maybe. 
I don't know. We haven't tested it. I'm not a doctor. But here's the here's the deal, though. You know, it has to be a thing that was victim to human interference. You know, it's not so like a car. Yeah, yeah, he can't be like a dinosaur. But if, if a man-made thing intrudes right, right. on the life of an animal in some way, like that, mostly roadkill. That's our uh, power. You know, power generators, wind, wind generators, yeah, turbines. Yeah, this kind of thing. What about pollution? No, no. It's 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 if they it run into death, has to be a violent death. They have to run into shit we built, or vice the, versa. That shit has to the, run into them. The skunk that invaded my apartment in college mm-hmm. oh. was later seen dead on the side of the road. Would you bring that one back, or would you say you deserve God, it? Fuck no. That thing knew where I lived. <laughs> there's a skunk. It was dead. all white. That's how we knew when we saw it on the side of the road. There's a skunk that's dead up the road, and it hasn't been run over several times. I saw this morning. By the way, connect your dots there. And my dog was like, yes, let's get the fuck over there. I was like, hell no. But what I did think is someone's going to have to remove that, or we're going to have a big problem, and I'm not going to remove it. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Patreon. one to do it. Patreon.com slash fanboy. Uh, the $5 higher level gets super hard life in the show like Daniel, Ryan, Steven, and Christopher. And thanks for being patrons. We do appreciate you. What do you think, boss? You want to do one? Or you yeah, do... let's do one. Let's keep this tight. Let's keep it tight. Jordan? Uh, yes, Jordan. The Commandant. The Commandant wrote in, I've been thinking about this question since 2015 when I investigated purchasing some Michael Jannon art and discovered he works only digitally. His art dealer has a one-of-one, quote, fine art print of his pages and covers for sale, printed from the digital files. My question is, how do you feel about this kind of purchase? I've come very close to buying art in that form, but ultimately have not been able to pull the trigger. Something about the fact that it was in the actual pen and ink strokes devalues it for me. As people with collections of original art, would you ever purchase a cover or a page in this form? It's like an, it's like an NFT. Sort of, but at least it's physical. It comes from the place. They can't guarantee one of one, really. Yeah, but, he, can't, he can sell a million one-on-ones. Yeah. But let's just say all things being equal, that is what it is. Really nice. It's a print, more like. It's a, it's a, it's a, si- it's a signed, numbered print is what it is Yeah, uh, of art. Uh, I, my answer on that would be probably not, but maybe. Yeah, it's interesting. My, my initial gut reaction was hell no. But then, as you said, it's like a photography print. I've bought photography prints. Sure. I bought a fucking expensive photography print once. Yeah. Um, signed by the artist or the photographer. And it was struck by the photographer on silver whatever. And it was very expensive. It's hard because it's – I think they're, they're – hmm, I'm trying to figure out what the difference is in my brain between that and someone who printing out a piece of art. And I think it's because there's a physical process that the photographer goes through to create the art – to create the photo, the print whereas – this guy's just hitting print on a computer and it pop, and, pops and, out of the And they're in control. I mean, theoretically, let's say best case scenario, you know, the artist is like, this is how I want it to be. They're in control of the method. I'm assuming, you know, given that it's a one-of-one kind of thing, like it's not just, you know, it's not just a printer in the house. Like they're doing it right. on paper that is, you know, archival. There's all sorts of factors I think that would that would move into it. But, right. you know, I have bought prints from artists I like at, at conventions. I'm, I'm looking at one that's framed on my wall right now, you know, by Tony Harris. And or like, you know, have you ever, the, the Gicle, I don't know how to pronounce that, prints, you know, that, that people will do and sell at shows. If there's only one of them, 
it's signed, it's numbered, it's dated, you know. And also, this is important, if that's your way to support that artist, if Mikhail mm-hmm. Janine is, is only drawing digitally and you're like, I love this guy's work, it's kind of special. It's not, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's, a, tough. it's not a digital it's file. Tough. I don't, I don't think I would, but I'm not a hundred percent against it. All right. We'll say that, but he's right. I mean, it, the, my, my disconnect is that it's not the, the pen, the ink is not on the page. Right. There's ink, but it's not from the artist. It's from laser jet. Then I think that that's just about changing your, I, but I think it's also about changing your perspective on what comic book art is. I mean, it, because in that yeah. sense, it's really not very different from from a from a photo, photo, ugh, photography print because you can't, you know, it's just the medium. Yeah, it's, it's tough because the artist, the, the photographer is not making the image; it's capturing the image, and so the, sure. the print's another capture. Where the but they're making choices in how that. Yeah, no, I'm making choices in how that art comes out. No, I know. I'm just, it's slightly different in my mind. But, you know, I wouldn't necessarily not hang a print of a famous painting. So it's all very confusing. Right. And and you would be more inclined to hang a print of a famous painting as if it had been through a limited and, and supervised print that had been signed and numbered by the artist. Yeah, I mean, I'd prefer just to have the original Mona Lisa, but... Sure. Um, but that's not always realistic. Uh, plus, no, I mean, plus I'm much the, more likely to get Starry Night. That's plus the one that's up there is a fake. I don't know if you watched yeah, yeah. that movie. Yeah, Bob has the other one, yeah. Um... <laughs> I I don't know, man. It's tough. I don't have a good answer. I, Who, I wish. Let me ask you true. this: <laughs> There wasn't be a problem. Yes. Is there an artist that you really like who draws digitally? Who you wish that you could get? Like, if you, you're like, I'd get a page from that guy, but they only draw digitally. Well, that person point, must I, exist. Most people are digital at this point, aren't they? Yes, probably. You just um, got that rad page that was not digital, and that's why. I'd rather have that kind of thing than from my favorite artist. Do you know right. what I mean? If I was like, I really love what Mitch Garrett's did in, um, you know, Mr. Miracle. Strange Adventures or Mr. Miracle. Yeah. And, and there's a page that's my favorite. I mean, he dips the carrot in the thing mm-hmm. and Mitch is putting out one print of that thing and, and mm-hmm. signing it. I would consider that. Yeah, I, I couldn't afford it. It's an Eisner winning thing, and he's he's worth a lot of money now for that. So, but I mean, know, it depends. Like like you said, if he's doing it and he's signing and numbering it, that's a different scenario. But and even if there was like five of them, you know, and he, you know, like I think there's 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 value to that that is very different than the thing that we were talking about when we were talking about the NFTs and he digital. It's got to be cheaper though. In my mind, well, I think that depends on the limited nature of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This, this problem would all be solved if everyone would just go back to drawing pen and ink on page. A lot of things aren't going to change. And while they're at it, they could go back to lettering it that way too. Oh, that's fine. That totally makes sense. Yeah. The comics would be eight bucks a piece, but that's going to happen anyway. <laughs> We're almost there. So think about how, how much just... money publishers save on FedEx right now. Oh, tons, tons. Yeah, stuff doesn't get lost. Like I could, I get the benefit of it. You know, it's easier to start over a drawing or a page when, when you can just erase a layer as opposed to having to draw. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean I like it, but I get it. Yeah. I just, I just like, FedEx was so expensive. Like, it is expensive, but it was even more expensive. And, like, these guys were just shooting art all over the place. And, and just you put it in an envelope and hope for the best. It's crazy. Yeah. 
used to see a lot of, you know, not even five or six years ago, you'd see a lot more stories about art getting stolen from in FedEx, mm-hmm. you know, deliveries. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that so much because there's hardly any FedEx thing of art. Contact.fanboy.com. You can write in like Jordan the Commandant. You can also write Good in for Media's Blood Show. Rich, great question. Great question. Uh, that's why Jordan's the Commandant. So write us in if you want to get in the show, and thanks to all those. We got a lot of good emails this week, and unfortunately, we can't seem to get more than one out on the show, and so we're sorry. I'm not. Hey, we have other shows, too. Yeah. Uh, we put out some special edition shows in the very recent past. Uh, yeah. The Black Widow movie. We went to a movie. We out went to, to a movie, film. and we talked about the movie with myself. Hey, I don't think I asked you on that show. How was your actual movie-going experience? It was fantastic. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, like, I went... Uh, was it crowded? No, not really. I had looked. I had reserved the seat, and I thought there was like it looked like it was very full, but there was nobody next to me. And the way that that theater was is that there was almost these big, plat, you know, balustrades between the rows, and so I was mm-hmm. good. Uh, I mean, like theoretically, I would have been good anyway. But you know, it was. I had gone to the movies once before that. I took my kids to see Peter Rabbit too, right. and it was weird for a little bit, and then it just felt so nice. Yeah, normal. Yeah, and you know that's part. Of, you know, there's going to the family, going to the movies with my kids, and then there's, I would I tend to go to a lot of movies by myself, you know, and just like that's a thing I like to do, and it felt very normal, and it'd been so, it, and it had been such a long time, but it felt like okay, here we are, you know, it's really nice. Yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, um, and so there's Black Widow. There is a special edition uh, Batman: The Long Halloween Part One from the Animated Brain Trust. Uh, and if you go back a little ways, uh, the last media explode dealt with the second season of Mythic Quest, among other things. Um, there's another media explode in the works. There's one every month. That's the plan. Uh, there's another talk explode uh, coming up. I am in the midst of recruiting. I'm recruiting. I like to recruit one at a time because I don't like the moral situation of having three people say yes to me. Well, I don't want to do it. Just bank them, and then you won't have to worry about it. Yeah, their time, their time. It's it's not. I have a whole, I have a whole set of circumstances that are in my head that make it work, and okay. it's my process. It's my process. It's not my platform. It's not what I stand for. No, it's my process. You don't stand for this amount of stress. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, also, coming next month in August is our Booksplode show. Booksplode is our companion show to the Talksplode, unlocked by the patrons. Booksplode is our book review show. We talk about a comic book that is in collected form or in OGN form. Although this month, in August, we'll be talking about a prose novel or prose book, True Believer, The Rise and Fall of Stanley by Abraham Reisman. And that will be fun. Josh just finished reading it finally. So we can finally You didn't need to add finally. You didn't need to add that little bit. Josh just finished reading it, Period. He did. Finally. Like, finally. Your, like your disbelief that you're just like, I finally. So that's coming in August. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to talking about that. So that's coming soon. And then um, I guess in September, there'll be a Shang-Chi special edition show. You know what we haven't talked about Mm-mm. is if anyone wants to, t- to go see the Suicide Squad, and I think the answer is probably no. But we haven't. I, you know what? I'm curious. Because it's, uh, what, what's his name? Oh my god, I just blanked. James Gunn. It's James Gunn. And I really liked those other movies, and those shouldn't have been good. And I thought, well, what if there's a chance that it's not terrible? Well, we'll talk about that. David maybe Ayers did the last one, right? Is that right? Yes, and his movie was... Uh, it, it was a, an abomination of a film, but... Yeah. Um, 
it also was completely cut to hell. You could see it was one of those movies where you can see, oh, they cut entire plots yes. out of this movie. Um, then I'm not, I'm not absolving David Ayer, but it was because I don't know what they cut, but it was completely butchered. At the, it could at go the either way. I mean, it could be. It's possible that it could be a gem. Sure. I, not I, what they released. That's for sure. Yeah. Abomination. No, no, uh, no! I don't mean that one. I mean, I mean, so the James Gunn one, but oh right, the Suicide uh, Squad. So that comes out in August, actually. Yeah. It comes out actually in three weeks. So maybe there'll be a show on that. We haven't decided yet. We'll, we'll decide after this. I mean, I think I think it will largely depend on early. You know, if people, you know, if like there's a little buzz, I might I might be down with it. If if it's like this is terrible, then no. Okay. <laughs> so those are the shows. And where can they find them, Josh? You can get over at ifanboy.com. You can find all of our shows, all of our podcasts. You can there's there's menus at the top uh, of the website that mm-hmm. say what is in the different parts. You see, drop downs. Yes, yeah. Up in the up in the I used to know the terms for all that stuff, and I still work for a web company, and I don't because it's not my department. Uh, and you can find all the writing from all the comic book. Uh, That's what Josh says a lot during the days. This is not my department. Sorry. That's, I, I, whenever everybody asks me for help, I say, even if it is my department, I say, not, my, sorry, department. not my department. <laughs> and then I get up and walk away, which is weird because I'm in my house. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and I walk and out and my kids are like, kids who are Dad, for food. Like, sorry, not my department. Dad, did you just tell somebody else you weren't going to help them? And I look at them and I say, sorry, not my department. And I come back <laughs> into my office. It's, a, it's an ecosystem. Um, okay. You can go to facebook.com slash iFanboy, at iFanboy on Twitter, or at iFanboyComics uh, on Instagram to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. That is our social media channel, which we don't use that much um, because, well, you don't want to get into it. You can follow us individually on C.S. Kilpatrick at Instagram, where you will see old movie stills, or J.A. Flanagan on Instagram, where... Uh, it's a mishmash. <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of gym selfies. That's just on the stories. Those are sure. those are to motivate they're, myself. They're there though. But I'll tell you something. The people, several of the people, have said, "Hey, you have motivated me to go back and do that kind of thing more." And I love hearing that because the same thing happens my way. Like, Good. probably saw some of my friend or someone I knew going back and doing a thing, and I went, "Oh, if they're doing that, I should do that." And if that's what it takes. You know, it's it's uh, it's a thing. It's keeping yourself accountable and other people, and I and I think there's there's good that comes out of that. So all the people who've told me that 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 they're doing it more, uh, you know, if if I helped you do that, then that's awesome, and vice versa. The people who, you know, it's just like several people. You're like, oh man, I gotta go do that. I gotta take care of myself. So good. Mm-hmm. That's what's there. You can subscribe to our YouTube page at youtubecom ifanboy to keep up to date on the old video show reuploads. They are hot and heavy, fast and furious. We have a mini, which was pick of the week for local number twelve, which is the Brian Wood, back. Brian Kelly, Ryan Kelly. Yes, I believe so. Um, there's that was, a that was Ron. Yeah. <laughs> the San Diego Comic Con 2009 parts two and three are available. Those were, you know, we, we interviewed a bunch of people and put them into an order that made sense to us at the time with funny things in the middle of them. That's that was the format. So San Diego 2009 is that the one where we used the Terriers intro, or was that later? Mm, maybe. Yeah, there was, was a that point. 2010. It probably was. There was a point no. near the end. I think it was nine. Yeah, there was a point near the end where we decided to make the openings like TV shows that were somehow related to where the convention was, and that's where we were getting excited about it. 
because maybe three minute interviews. That's when you knew. Yeah. <laughs> That's when. Like Seinfeld you know, doing the show backwards. Yep. And when the sitcoms do a musical episode. Like, oh, yeah. oh, they're bored. We're having more fun making the opening mm-hmm. than we are having another interview with a creator who won't talk about their book. <laughs> that we're not super interested in talking about. I like the people. I like I like the long form so much better. Long form. Hey, so if you better. like the show, leave, consider leaving a review or star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, whatever aggregator you're using. Even better than that is tell your friends. Word of mouth is great. It helps people find podcasts, and people are always asking, what podcasts are you listening to? And or what comics podcasts is good that are out there? And people answer, iFanboy, we do appreciate that. Thank you very much. And that's it for this week's show. I am Connor. And I'm Josh. I don't know why it feels like I haven't done this in a long time, because we did it last week, but this was nice. This is good. Here's what I can tell you about the short interview with a comic creator. The conversation that takes place directly after the short interview is way better than the one that we recorded. Almost every time. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>